listening and have a dope day. Good morning, good morning. Welcome to What Would Kay Say? I am your host, Kay Edwards. How are all God's blessed and highly favored people doing today? We are all grateful for what he has done for us. Amen? And if you're wondering why I do what I do, well, perhaps you're not wondering why I do what I do. But I want to tell you the reason. You've often heard me speak about purpose and finding your purpose. Well, it's now come full circle. Everything that I have been talking about all this time on the radio for the last three years. Because AARP is now 
yes, I did say come full circle and I did put AARP in that same sentence because we all know AARP has started targeting people in their 40s now to have them join to become members. And they have this movie. They've put together this movie or usually they have, let me put it this way. They have AARP movies for grownups screening. And so every now and then they'll have a particular movie, one that's not out in regular theaters, and they give you an opportunity to watch it because they get to screen it for you. And sometimes it's spiritual movies. Sometimes it's nature movies. Sometimes it's just regular fictional movies. But this one caught my attention because the name of this documentary that they're going to air, I believe it's going to be on the air on the 27th. You can go to AARP's website, and I'm sure you'll probably find some information about it, especially those of you who are members. I'm sure they've sent it to you in your email. But the name of this documentary is called The Hidden Power of Purpose. Now, I don't know about you, but as of late, I've been hearing everyone talk about their purpose, their personal journey, everything that they're doing, right? And this documentary is about people who found hope in life through finding their purpose. But we already knew that, right? We've been on this journey, well, on the air, we've been on this journey for the past three years, right? The purpose, the whole reason of me being on the air was to talk about and to help people understand what their purpose in life was. Now you have a movie. But for some of us, like myself, we know that we've been on this personal path for maybe 20 plus years, maybe longer. Now there's a movie. If you really think back and reflect over your life from when you first started hearing about Christ, hearing about the goodness, experiencing his goodness, accepting him into your life, you had already started on your journey. So a lot of times when we hear people talking about their journey and their personal journey and I want to find out, you know, why am I here? It's mostly done on a worldly secular level you know it's like oh i'm gonna take this trip to tibet and climb the mountains and understand why i'm here they attribute their yearning for a better understanding to the universe the universe will tell me why i'm here but i'm here today to tell you that is because of him. For me, that's why I do what I do. And all of us were created to fill, to fulfill something in our lifetime. We were not just put here, like I said, to just sit here and be bumps on the log and just move through time like there's nothing happening. We were all created for a purpose. And you've heard me say that once you know Christ, your purpose will be revealed to you. So today, 
I figured after hearing what or seeing and reading what AARP was going to broadcast, and I'm not diminishing anything that the people say in the movie because I haven't saw the movie. And if that's their journey, that's their journey. And I don't know what prompted them to go on the journey. But today I know I'm going to look at the perfect human who came to earth specifically for his purpose. So our topic today is he came to fulfill the law. Our scripture readings is coming from Matthew 5, 17 to 20. And as always, I'm reading from the King James Version unless I specify otherwise. Do not think that I came to destroy the law or the prophets. I did not come to destroy, but to fulfill. For assuredly, I say to you, till heaven and earth pass away, one jot or one tittle will by no means pass from the law till all is fulfilled. Whoever therefore breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches men so shall be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does and teaches them, he shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I say to you, that unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. So now, we heard what he said here, right? But I want to read it from the Message Bible so that you could really get the full understanding of what Christ was saying when he said this to the disciples. So here we have Matthew 7, excuse me, Matthew 5, 17 to 20 from the Message Bible. Don't suppose for a minute that I have come to demolish the scriptures, either God's law or the prophets. <laughs> oh, excuse me. I am not here to diminish, but to complete. I am going to put it all together. Pull it all together in a vast panorama. God's law is more real and lasting than the stars in the sky and the ground at your feet. Long after the stars burn out and the earth wears out, God's law will be alive and working. Trivialize even the smallest item in God's law and you will only have trivialized yourself. But take it seriously. Show the way to for others, and you will find honor in the kingdom. Unless you do far better than the Pharisees in the matters of right living, you won't know the first thing about entering the kingdom. So now, here he's saying, why he came. He's telling them why he came and he's breaking down to them everything about God's law and why he had to come and fulfill it because he was establishing to the people who he was and why he came. And the leaders at the time, when he brings up the Pharisees, the leaders at the time, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, 
They were continuing to do as they always have done. Take advantage of people, mislead, misinform, establish their own rules and regulations for the people to follow. That's why he's saying to him, that's why he's saying to them here when he says, trivialize the smallest item in God's lore and you will only be trivializing yourself. But take it seriously and show the way to others so that you can find honor in the kingdom. He was specifically talking to them because, let me break it down for the two groups. The Pharisees, they believed in the resurrection and life after death. They believed in that. The Sadducees didn't believe in any of that. They didn't believe that you could be resurrected. They didn't believe that there was an afterlife. None of that. The Pharisees did believe in angels and spirits. The Sadducees wanted nothing to do about it. Nothing. They wanted to have nothing to do with it at all. And now I'm going to tell you the different, the, the groups of people that felt under each one of these names. The Pharisees were working class people. The Sadducees were the elite and the wealthy Jews. So think about it. Someone who has multiple wealth and figures that the world is theirs because they could purchase anything they want with just, well, right now, the swipe on a phone, a phone call, giving someone direction to do something. Are they really going to think that there's anything higher than themselves? No. They're going to believe that their wealth supersedes it all and gives them the power to do and feel any way they want. The Pharisees, on the other hand, they were working class people. So although they were working and, you you know, they were making it by day to day, they heard the preachings of Jesus and they did believe that there was a better life afterwards. They believe that, yes, there could be something better than what I'm experiencing right now. And doesn't that kind of sound like the way people think today? The ones that have all the money and then the ones that are just working in the grind every day. The group of them, the Sadducees, they opposed Jesus because he directly threatened their power. Because they were the epitome of hypocrisy, spiritual pride, self-righteousness. Remember, so Jesus, when he began talking that the scriptures were speaking about him, they didn't want to hear that. When he went to the synagogue and was telling them, you see all this stuff you read in this Torah, all these, all these laws that you're trying to get the people to follow that you're not following yourself? That if you really read them, half the things you were doing to the people you wouldn't do. All these things are talking about me. And because they didn't want the people to believe that Jesus was the Messiah that had come, they were annoyed. They were annoyed that he was spreading the truth to the people. Because here, Jesus states in John 5, 39 to 47, You search the scriptures, for in them you think 
you have eternal life. And these are they which testify of me. But you will, but you will not willingly come to me that you may have life. I do not receive honor from men, but I know you that you do not have the love of God in you. I have come from my father's name. I have come in my father's name, excuse me, and you do not receive me. If another comes in his name, you will receive. How can you believe who receive honor from one another and do not seek the honor that comes from the only God? Do not think that I shall accuse you to the father. There is one who accuses you. Moses, in whom you trust. For if you believed Moses, you would believe me, for he wrote about me. But if you do not believe his writings, how will you believe my word? So right there, Jesus is telling them, I'm the one that you guys are reading about in these scriptures, not following what the scriptures are saying, but it's me here in the flesh. You don't want to believe what I'm saying, but you want to say that you believe what, what's written and I'm right here in front of you. So when we think about it, Jesus professing to be the son of God and to be the one that was sent from his father was just a part of the whole original plan. Because if you think back, when we went in the beginning, Genesis 3.15, and I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed, and he shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. That was God talking to the serpent in the garden when he was giving everybody, when he was reading everybody their rights for doing what they did. When he read the rights to the serpent, when he read the rights to Adam, when he read the rights to Eve, all of them who had not followed what he had given them as the original instructions, that's when he came down and he was telling them everything that was going to happen to them in their days going forward. But I, even then, even then, God had already put in place a plan because he knew where this was going. He knew it was only going to be downhill from here because he knew what once they got sin in their life, they knew, he knew what was going to transpire in the generations to come. So he had already had a plan in place to bring the people back to him. So here, Jesus was stating that he had physically come to accomplish all this, all that the scriptures had said he would do. This is what he used to go into the synagogues and read to the Pharisees and the Sadducees. He came to teach us and make clear what the scriptures foretold of him. Isaiah 9, 6 to 7. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be great. Excuse me. And his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor. Mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, and the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Upon the throne of David and over his kingdom, 
to order it and establish it with judgment and justice from that time forward, even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. So right here, Isaiah was telling us, he's coming and the government's going to be upon his shoulders, meaning the whole world, the entire world, he's going to have to bear burden for them. But his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. So even with all the chaos and confusion that he came to take on, the chaos and confusion that was brought into the world that would affect humans through Adam and Eve. Now, I'm not saying the chaos that Adam and Eve were experiencing, they got it because they went into the world. When they were in the world, just living in the garden, they were fine. The chaos and confusion, yes, it was still on earth, but they were fine. It wasn't until they disobeyed that they then brought the chaos and confusion upon themselves and then the rest of mankind going forward. That's why Christ had to come. Because if you look, there's still chaos and confusion in the world. And it's going to be here because this is Satan's domain. But when Christ came, he came so that he could take on all that burden for us and connect us back to the Father. And we also learn through the minor prophets, God was telling the minor prophets to tell the people the day of the Lord was coming. The day of the Lord was at hand. Malachi 1, 11, God stated plainly to his people, for from the rising of the sun, even to its going down, my name shall be great among the Gentiles. In every place, incense shall be offered to my name and a pure offering for my name shall be great among the nations, says the Lord of hosts. So with all these different scripture references that I've been reading to you, it's telling us Jesus came for a reason. His reason for coming was to connect us back to the Father so that the purpose that we all had within us, we can then know what it is and fulfill it here while we're on earth. So it goes back to when I say people are looking for their purpose and trying to understand their purpose. How you're going to understand your purpose is to understand who it is that allows you to be able to even tap in to why you're here. You just looking outside, outside of or at things, thinking that you yourself are going to realize what it is that you're put here to do. You could only realize what you were put here to do from the person, from the being that created you. How are you going to know why you're here if you don't understand the person that created you to be here in the first place? And that's why Jesus came. He came so that he could fulfill the law, 
which we knew, God knew, we could never fulfill on our own to get that connection back to God so that we could then understand from the beginning of what he put in Adam and Eve why we are here. But you could only get that through understanding and knowing Christ. That's why he had to go back into the synagogue and talk to the Pharisees and the Sadducees. He had to let them know. You're reading these Torahs. You're reading these scriptures. You're telling the people half of the story of what you want them to know because if you told them the whole story, you would not have the power over the people that you now possess because they wouldn't be looking to you for an understanding. They wouldn't be looking to you to figure out why everything is happening the way it is. They would be looking to me because I am what these words are. I am this word. So once you understand that, then you can understand yourself. And I think right now it's time for us to take a music break. You've been listening to what would Kay say here on Radio Free Brooklyn, what Brooklyn sounds like. My shelter from the wind and waves Your love endures my darkest days I rest in you Through all of life's uncertainties Through chaos, war, and all disease You keep my mind in perfect peace I rest in you
matter about you No one they matter about you Nothing else Nothing else Nothing they matter about you Nothing they matter about you No one else No one else Nothing they matter about you Nothing else Nothing else Welcome back. Welcome back. You are listening to What Would Kay Say here on Radio Free Brooklyn. It's now part of the time. It's now time for the part of the show that I call Op-Ed. But before we get into Op-Ed, our musical selections today came from Making Changes, which is Grace, our opening song. El Shaddai, True Song is the group that sung that one. My Worship was from Phil Thompson and all to you was a collaboration between Kofi Darty and called out music. So now I want to talk to everyone about what we're going to go into with op-ed. So here we have, we already spoke about the reason why Christ came. And as I said, he came to fulfill the law. And 
in doing so, he grafted us into the kingdom to get us connected back to God. So God, who is our creator, now has access to his people through Jesus Christ. And if you go to the scriptures, John 10, 17 to 18, Jesus tells them, therefore, my father loves me because I lay down my life that I may take it again. No one takes it from me, but I lay down of myself. I have power to lay it down and I have power to take it again. This command I have received from my father. So right there, Jesus is telling us when he says about laying down his life, he's talking about his crucifixion. He's talking about him being the sacrificial lamb, the replacement for all the sacrifices. You know how we learned about they were bringing doves, they were bringing the turtles, they were bringing the cows, anything they could get their hands on because the people were trying to atone for their sins. Christ is telling, Christ is telling the people, look, I'm the one. I'm the one now. I'm the only sacrifice that's needed to be made to the Father because this will now eliminate all the sacrifices that were needed from before because I'm here. So for people who are still doing sacrifices, that they're in religions, that they have to still sacrifice chickens and pigs and any type of blood that they have to give up in order to atone or to make themselves right with God. I want you to look a little closer at that religion because are you serving the true and living God? Because there's no need for any more blood sacrifices because we already had the one. We had Christ and any other blood sacrifice that you're doing right now to whatever God you're doing it to, it's only temporal. He doesn't have the power that the living God has. He doesn't have the power that Christ has, and he doesn't have the power that the Holy Spirit has. So I would just want to rethink that a little bit or maybe not rethink it. Maybe it is what you want to do. Maybe you do want to give blood sacrifices because you believe that your God is higher than the true living God. But I'm here to tell you there's none higher than the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son. God, the Holy Spirit. And Jesus makes that very plain to us in John 10, verses 25 to 30. I told you and you do not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. But you do not believe because you are not my sheep. And as I said to you, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. And I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. My father who has given them to me is greater than all. And no one is able to snatch them out of my father's hand. I and my father are one. Which leads me to speaking about how we've gained access to God. Jesus stated in 14.6, John 14.6, I am the way the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except 
through me. So that right there is letting you know. And I don't want to sound like I'm bashing people because I'm not bashing anyone. I'm giving this program is giving a point, right? Because you could just as easily argue with me and say, well, no, Kay, you're wrong because whatever. But I'm stating you the facts as I know it. And Jesus is saying the only way to the father is through him. So you can't just only talk about God without talking about Christ. And there are a lot of people that just want to talk about God. They don't want to talk about Christ. They don't want to hear about him. They don't want to, they don't want to, nothing to have to do with him at all. But you can't talk about God without talking about Christ where everything in the scriptures points to Christ from the beginning. So you have to acknowledge him if you want to get to the true and living God. Because short of that, he's not going to see you because you're, you're, you're in sin. So when you're in sin, God doesn't see that. He can't, he can't even look at sin. He can't. To him, it's like, uh, I, don't, I don't have nothing to do with that. But Christ, he's like, okay, I was that sacrifice. I was that sacrifice that everyone had to keep bringing in order to atone for their sins. I already did it. So there's no more atoning. It's me. So when they come to you, they come through me. No one comes to the Father except through me. So with that, I also want to make clear about when I was talking about the water baptism. Water baptism was an outward expression of you being a Christ follower. Because remember, Christ was baptized by John the Baptist before he started his journey to fulfill his purpose. He was baptized by John the Baptist, and when he came out of the water, he received the Holy Spirit. So when you're baptized, you're opened up to receive the Holy Spirit, just as Jesus was, received the Holy Spirit after he was baptized. John 3, 16 to 17. When he had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water and behold, the heavens were open to him. And he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting upon him. And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And although we know it doesn't say in the Bible that Jesus baptized his disciples, we know if Jesus went through water baptism, we know that they went through baptism. Paul was baptized. He was baptized when he when he was Saul and Jesus confronted him on the Damascus road and then he was sent into the town for Ananias to then remove the scales from his eyes so that he could see again. Once Ananias went to Paul and prayed over his eyes for his sight to come back, Paul was baptized before he could then go and spread the word to the Gentiles and everyone else that he was sent to talk to. So 
And remember what I just said. Paul encountered Christ on the Damascus road. Saul didn't just set out and be like, okay, I think I'm just, you know what? I know I used to kill all the, the people that were Christians and Christ followers and professing all this Jesus stuff. I know I used to kill them, like just slaughter them. But I woke up this morning and I just have a change of heart. I think I'm just going to now go around and actually preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. No, that's not the way it happened. That's not the way it happened. He was on his way to kill Christians when Jesus confronted him on the road. Then he found his purpose. Once he had encountered Christ, he found his purpose. I'm just putting it out there. I'm just letting you know. All of you who are know, I woke up and now I know what I have to do. Did you encounter Christ? Did you have a one-on-one with him? Did he show you the errors of your ways? Because he definitely showed him to Saul. He asked him. And he showed him in such a loving and gentle way. And see, this is how you know when you've been changed and that you've had an encounter with Christ. Because even though he brings to you your faults, he does it in such a loving way. When he encountered Saul on the road, he didn't say, what are you doing? Why do you keep going around killing all the Christians? What's wrong with you? He didn't say that. He asked him a simple question. He says, Saul, why do you persecute me? That right there convicted him. That right there convicted Saul. So, to wrap it all up, yes, we are here for a purpose. That's what we do every week here to figure out exactly what our purpose is. But in our figuring it out, it's not for us to figure it out. It's for us to get to know Christ, who he is, who then in turn can show us what our purpose is. So with that, I see my time is growing short. I hope that you've all gotten something from our conversation today. Of course, we're going to end with our word of the month because we are still in July. Apathy. Apathy is our word for this month. And apathy means, where is it? Lack of interest, enthusiasm, or concern. I don't want any of us to have that. And we've been trying not to have that. That's what our purpose has been this month is to not have apathy, right? And we're going to take our promise for this week. We're going to take it right from the scriptures that we've went through today. I've given you so many scriptures today. I hope you guys were able to write them all down. If not, you could catch it on the replay. Or if you've missed any of my previous shows, you could go to my show page on Radio Free Brooklyn. All of my shows are there. You can listen to the multitude of shows that I have talking about this topic. Each not specifically targeting it, but each tying one into the other because that's the way God does, right? He just ties everything together nice and neatly for us to understand. So our promise for this week is going to come from 
John, John 10. We're going to do 29 and 30. My father who has given them to me is greater than all. And no one is able to snatch them out of my father's hand. I and my father are one. So in other words, he's telling you, once you're in him, you are in in him. God's got you. He's got you. You are protected. You are covered. You are blessed. You are blessed and highly favored, right? So with that, I want everyone to have a beautiful Sunday. Enjoy the rest of your week. Take in everything that we spoke about today. If you're on this journey with me to find your purpose and you have not accepted Christ as your personal savior, I want you to go back and I want you to read John. I want you to read John. Just read the book of John. In there, Christ tells you he breaks down everything. Why he's there, what he came to do, why he's doing it, and how it's going to benefit you. He tells it all. It tells it all. You just have to read John. Because that's where he went and he was spoken, he was speaking to the people to explain to them, look, I'm not just here passing time. I came here to do something. And in my coming here to do something, he knew he came here to give his life. He knew he came to be the lamb. Okay, I need to shed my blood because this is going to be the final sacrifice. Yes, that was the end goal. But before he got there, he was enlightening the people to tell them, to prepare them, to let them know this, all that I'm doing and showing you, this is what you were trying to do when you were bringing those turtle doves and fish and cows and chickens. And this is what you were trying to do. But see me, this is what I'm, I'm doing this for you. I'm doing this for you. And with that, I say have a beautiful Sunday once again. Be safe. Love one another. Be kind to one another. And until God brings us together again next week, peace. up every day with a reason to be grateful, Lord. Yes, I don't have everything that I want, but Jesus, you are all I need. Yeah, yeah. Cause diamonds only last a while, oh, but my joy in you will last forever. And I want to way beyond what my eyes can see what my eyes can see for you my reason for rejoicing the one I give my life to yeah the essence of my very being it's you it's you I've got a Singing for you, Lord. 
joy in you will last forever And I wanna look way beyond what my eyes can see For you, my reason for rejoicing Give my life to you The essence of my very being It's you, it's you 